Welcome back to the Young Adults for Christ podcast. Thank you for joining us. Today, it's me, Sebastian, in the studio. It's Brett Franz. And then we have the amazing privilege of having Zenzo on the, on the podcast, too. Thank First you for guest. joining us, Zenzo. Thanks I don't know why I said my surname. I feel like we have to hear Zenzo. Did you say Brett Franz? I did say I said Brett Franz. Okay, Zen, Zenzo Nkosi. That's not even my full name. My full name is Zenzo Nkosi, but everyone just calls me Zenzo. So. Zenzo Nkosi. Yeah, Zenzo Nkosi. Yeah. Nice. It means it's good like deeds. Nice good deeds. Yeah, so. Good name, bro. I haven't got king in there, too, you know. Somewhere in Nkosi. He just wants yeah. to be a king the whole time, you know? Oh, God. But I'm far from that, so. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I was like, that's intense. Dodgy, yeah. uh, dodgy. dodgy. Maybe that's yeah. what we could be talking about on the podcast. Does Zenzo think he's coming? That, do I think, God, yo, that would be an episode to watch. <laughs> I actually did a baby dedication for uh, the Corsi family. And mm. um, they actually were talking about how the, the heritage in their surname does come from, like, kingship. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is it the same with you? It depends. Like, I'm, I'm Swati, so it's like... I've got a certain like tribe, so it's Yamini Kosi, which is like I think Swati royalty, but I'm I'm not like the son of a prince or anything. But I mean, yeah, it, I think like my name puts a lot of pressure on me because like Zenzo Zenzo is like good deeds, oh, yeah. and then it's like God or Chief King, so it's like parents were expecting a bit with the good deeds part. So, but yeah, no, I I like the name though. It's it's a unique name, I think. It's beautiful. Appreciate that. I love the meaning behind names, man. It's oh, really yeah, good. yeah. Well, I think it's. It, I mean, that's almost almost why we're having you on the podcast. Number one, because you're like, guys, please can I come on? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. Seb was like, we need someone with need wisdom someone. and if we're gonna edify ourselves. Like, oh, I guess, <laughs> I guess I can come on. You sound like that speech I read of James no, on, on the weekend before she came through. <laughs> now, to be fair, I did ask. Like, I was like, yo, let me get on the podcast. I like what you guys are doing. So, no, nah, I'm happy cool. to be here. Well, I mean, that's exactly you yeah. know you asked, but also at the same time, I. For your namesake, you do a lot of good deeds in mm. our church, but you also you don't work here. Yeah. Um. So I think that's it works out really well. That that's what we get to talk about. Awesome. Just yeah. your life. So thanks for coming, man. Ah, thanks for having me. Honored, honored to be the first guest. I didn't even know I was gonna be like a guest. So it's, I feel like I'm making history, <laughs> being the first guest. Making history. Yeah, so on that, him being the first, the first person on a couch session, I think it's going to. I'm gonna just explain what a couch session is. So basically what a couch session is going to be in the future, we've got some cool friends around. Well, sometimes we, <laughs> we have friends. Brett and I actually only have each other. Oh, but yeah, we have some cool friends around and we just thought it would be cool to bring some normal people onto the podcast with us. Are we not us. normal? No. I mean, not it's really. debatable. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just bring some normal people in, normal, normal secular jobs onto the podcast with yeah. us. To just speak about like being Christians and living out the faith in the in the real world yeah. and what it looks like, how it, how it's different to being in ministry. Yeah. And yeah, so that's what couch sessions will be. It's just I think a more relatable session where yeah. there's someone that's out there doing things for Jesus, following yeah. the great command. Great commission. Great commission that came out really <laughs> bad. <laughs> yeah. Well then yeah, I guess Enzo, maybe you can tell us then in a succinct version yeah how did you come to faith uh yeah you tell us about your conversion story yeah i mean it's a, it's a crazy story i think just because like mo i know when i speak to most people about their testimonies they can explain like oh, i was born in the church or i grew up in the church wasn't really for me when i was older something along those lines but for me like it was the complete opposite like i'd never been to church my i didn't grow up in a christian family in fact i grew up in like the exact opposite like um, occultic, Luciferianism, new, new ageism. So that's what I was born into. Um, and I know like a lot of the time I tell people that it's like, you know, a bit of a setback because 
even when I was in it, like, I didn't know, like, yeah, I'm a Luciferian New Age. It's just what I'd been brought up, you know, doing. Um, so my life was basically surrounded around this idea that I could become, like, my own god and higher my own vibrations and through positive affirmations, you know, I could be um, everything that I wanted to be. And the reason why I always say Lucifer in your ageism is because I believe, like, that's, that's like the sin of Satan, you know. It's like he wanted to be God. It's that pride. It's that very same thing that the new age sells you, that you can become your own God, you know, by um, hiring your own vibrations. Actually, just remembering what Justin said on Sunday, it's like the sin of man, like that idea of having this knowledge of God. So I always say, like, Lucifer in your ageism because it is really satanic to try and become your own God through what's seemingly, like, light and positivity. So, yeah, from since I was born um, up until I think when I turned 16 was probably the first time I heard the gospel but throughout all those years I was living in this system of like new ageism and and um, this idea that as long as I think positively I do good deeds you know I, then I can expect the world and more to come to me so I felt like from a from a young age like a burden of having to be a good person I mentioned also earlier like my name meaning good deeds so I almost, I almost felt like this prophetic calling, not in like a godly sense, but in a sense that if I just stick to this task of being a good person, doing the right things, um, you know, at manifesting positivity, then like I should be all good to go. But I, I often experienced the exact opposite of the very same things that I was like manifesting or trying to attract into my life. Um, and so I became very confused at around the age of like, I think 13 it was. It was also around the time where I was uh, diagnosed with type 1 diabetes and I had a really bad case of it because it put me in hospital and um, I almost ended up losing my life at this time and so I was I was really confused because I'd been taught by like my dad at the time who had brought me up into the, the system my parents that just as long as I follow this formula like I could expect the world and more but I was experiencing the exact opposite and so I became quite dissatisfied quite depressed as well um, and it was the first time where I was battling with like depression, anxiety, and like suicide ideation. And so it was at that time where I just felt like so disillusioned, like, but I thought this was the way, you know, the key to unlock everything, to happiness, to, um, you know, all my desires, which looking back on were obviously like sinful desires, they were personal desires, they were like to be the best football in the world or to, you know, all, have all these worldly things. But I was finding myself in like the exact opposite place. Um, so yeah, I was I was at a really dark spot, and I remember in twenty I think it was twenty sixteen seventeen, um, in my grade ten year, I moved to the Cape, um, for for boarding school in, in in the Cape, and I feel like that was good for me because I was separated from like a household where I, I just knew rituals, routine, like, um, you know, wake up, you say not even a prayer, like your mantras, you do like your manifestations, like you light the incenses. So going away to quite a secluded area of the country, Stellenbosch, like Franschrick area, I felt like I first, for the first time, I had like independence of thought. And it was there where I started like questioning, like this actually doesn't really seem to make sense, you know? Um, manifestation and if, if anything, it's just caused me more harm than, than any good. And so there was a time where I was literally at, I felt like my wits end and my depression was at its peak and I actually was really contemplating suicide. I was in a horrible position, like a horrible point in life. And I remember the day, like succinctly, all my other roommates were asleep and I was just on the side of my bed. And I really feel like that day I was being called by God's spirit because I just said a prayer like, God of the universe, like 
not even the God that I'd created, you know, this idea of God that I had in my head. I just said, God of the universe, if you exist, please reveal yourself to me. And it wasn't even like I was looking for God. It was literally just like a last hope kind of thing. Like, well, I've tried everything but that. I might as well try this. And I remember the very next day uh, I went to school. Um, I wasn't thinking much of the prayer because it was more just for my relief than actually was to get like an answer. Then I came back from school and I only used to check my phone after like four-ish. So when I checked my phone, I saw a couple of messages on the group chat um, and my dad had sent some message on the group and he had sent an image. So I was waiting for it to load and as I was waiting for it to load, I was just like, you know, packing my stuff away. And then when I opened the the photo, it was like, I can't remember the, the image 100%, but it was like, um, we are all sinners, like Jesus is king, repent and trust in him. And I almost like threw my phone across the room because I was like, in the new age, the one thing, like the golden rule is never like affirm the negative. You never say you're a sinner. There's no such thing as sin. There's no such thing as evil. You, you know, you're a godly being, you're your own God. There's no such thing as evil. So for my dad to do that, he was breaking like the golden rule. And obviously I wasn't at home. So I was here at boarding and I was like, what's going on with my dad? Like, well, and why is everyone in the group saying amen? Like, we know we're not Christians. Like, this is not us. <laughs> so I was like... I was actually, I remember being like angry at him because I remember I used to get in trouble if I would be like, oh, if I would say even something like, oh, this headache's killing me because like in the new age, like you're attracting that stuff to you and I'll get in trouble, like, like serious trouble. No, you don't say that. So for him to just be like blatantly break the rule, I'm like, I was like, how could you say we're sinners? Like for me, that was just crazy. So I remember calling him and I was like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, you know what I mean? Um, I was just so confused and he, he was just like for the first time and my dad and I, we get along, but like we, there are times where we've clashed and disagreed on things and both of us are stubborn. So it's not like we're easy to admit like, okay, you know what, I was wrong. But it was a, like the first time generally I'd heard my dad not even want to argue, just be like, look, I'm sorry for the past 17 years of your life, what I've told, taught you, what I've brought you up, especially for me, because I was, I'm his oldest child, I'm his son. So he really pumped me with like the new, new age stuff. But he was like, I'm sorry, like I got it completely wrong. Like. I found the God of the Bible. I've been a hundred. And in that moment, like, I, I didn't even like, hear the rest of the things he was saying. I was just kind of thinking, like, I feel like there was, like, these shackles, like, broken off my feet. Like, I don't have to live under the system. Like, I, I didn't know about the cross. I didn't know about Jesus. I didn't know. I just knew, like, I wasn't bound by that new age system anymore. So, anyway, he said, like, I'll send you a Bible um, in the next coming days. So, he sent me a Bible from Joburg to, to Cape Town. I remember it was a black NIV Bible. And for the first four days, like, I just stared at it because I was too scared to read it because I knew, like, I claimed to be the good new age boy, but, like, if people really knew me, they'd know I really battled with lust, envy, hatred. I used to lie, like, a lot. And so I thought, like, I, mean, I know what's going to happen. I'm going to open the book. It's going to say, you know, to hell with you, and that's done. That's at least what I thought. And so it took me four days, I remember, to actually open it until there was a moment where no one else was in the room and it was just me. And I almost felt like the Bible was like screaming at me. And so just like in utter desperation, I thought maybe there is like a cure to this problem that I have. Because I know I'm guilty before God, but I don't want to address him. So I remember I just started at the book of Matthew. And I just remember reading through like all the gospels in like one sitting. And just like eating it up. And for the first time, I understood what it meant for, you know, by Jesus died for you. Like for me, like I had Christian family members that were just like, Jesus died for you. Jesus loved you. I was like... I'm glad he did that for me, but like, I guess if I die, then I'll just 
hop onto the fact that Jesus died for me, just in case. But it was just like, if Jesus died for me, I can continue sinning. Like, you know, I didn't understand the significance of his death. But when I read the Gospels, like, I remember just almost in tears, breaking down in tears in the room by myself and just thinking, like, wow, like, God is willing to forgive me even though I've done all these things, like witchcraft, you know, divination, you know, these new age practices. And I can't say that there was a moment where I was like, I accept this, but it was just like gradually. I remember at school, like people were like, within a day, like I changed. And the next day I was taking a Bible to breakfast and all my classmates, even the teachers were like, something's going on with Denzel. I don't know, is he on medication? <laughs> like, I don't know what's going on with him, but he's changed completely. And I, I feel like literally just from then it's, I guess the rest is history, but mm. it's, yeah, it's, it's been quite the ride. Bro, that is so powerful. Yeah. That that moment that you prayed a prayer to like yeah. the God of the universe, yeah, whatever yeah. that means to you. Yeah. And the way he responds is that perfect timing. So dad had obviously been on a journey to yeah. arrive at that point. Yeah. But in God's perfect timing, the next day he reaches out to you through your father mm. who you trust implicitly and there's a beautiful family moment here. Mm. Yeah. But that is phenomenal. It's crazy. It's an amazing story. Yeah. Yeah. And Thank what's crazy you. is like it's not like we all just said, Okay, we're all gonna become Christians today, like when my dad was having that experience of his, like his born again experience, my mom was still in the new age. So she's like, what's going on? Like, she was even in tears. I was actually talking to her about it the other day. Like she was crying because she was like, is my husband going crazy? Like what's going on? And then she, excuse me, she was watching TV and a, a Bible verse came on the screen um, on one of the face channels that she was just like scrolling through. I think it was like Psalm 91, which today is like her favorite Psalm. And basically that got her into the word and then she she got saved. So it wasn't like, we all just came to like a corporate decision, like, oh, we all becoming Christian. It was like everyone had their own sure. personal That's experiences incredible. like in the space of a month. So, and praise God for that because I can just imagine like if I was a Christian and there was still new age, like just the tension that would be in the house um, would be like unbearable. It would be impossible because like we were so, we so strongly believed in it. But now to see like at least we have that, you know, that basis of faith, that mm -hmm. common faith is like, wow. Praise God. That's so good. When yeah. God comes for you, He comes for Yo. you hard. He sends armies, eh? Literally. Oh, sure. That's so good, man. Yeah. And I think knowing that part of your story and also yeah. a bit more of like, or can you tell us a bit more of like your journey within church? Yeah. Like, because you've said you were in boarding school, how did yeah, you yeah, come yeah. to like church? Because I think coming to know Jesus is, is a step mm -hmm. and then stepping into Christian community is the next step. 100%. How did you come into that space of Christian community? Yeah, so I think like before joining a church, before joining Rosebank specifically, like specifically, I never thought like church was important. You know, I'd bought into this idea that oh, the church is not a building. I don't need to go and see other people. Like I can do this walk by myself. And that was when I was fresh out of the new age because I thought like my experience with the church had been like, traumatizing as a kid. I, like what I remember from church is like going to your aunt's house, not wanting to go to church you know, suiting up in some uncomfortable clothing, you know, and the churches that I went to were very, like, um, like traditional, legalistic, also very traumatizing and stuff, like people rolling on the floor, like, type of stuff. So for me, church was never, like, a, a, a positive thing. It was never like, oh, I can't wait to go to church. So now when I was faced with the idea of going to church, I tried my best to kind of find like passages that say oh no you don't have to <laughs> um and up until really like last year because i mean it's been like since 2018 i've been saved so it's not been the longest time but last year during the lockdown especially i just realized 
how difficult it was to be a Christian outside of community. And I think I remember reading um, one of the, the verses in Matthew and Jesus talking about like wolves in sheep's clothing and basically like the idea of sheep. I started to think about like sheep, like sheep wander all the time, you know, like sheep wander all the time. And the most like, appealing thing for a wolf is a, is a sheep that's stranded. And I found like that was my experience. I felt like temptation was unbearable. I had no one. I was keeping myself accountable, which is the worst possible thing you could ever do. I was falling into sin. I, I, I was really questioning, like, am I even a Christian, you know? Mm-hmm. And I felt at the time, like, I was the only Christian in the world. Like, I really felt like I was the only believer in the world. And funny enough, um, I have f- some friends overseas who have, like, a not a podcast, but they were doing, like, live Instagrams. Um, and they're from the UK, a church in the UK. And they were like, could you give a talk on the importance of going to church? And I was like, oh, well, this is awkward. <laughs> because like, I didn't really see at that time the importance of going to church. And so I thought like, yeah, I'll do that, I'll do that. So I, I just studied um, on the topic as much as possible, looked through the different scriptures. And what happened is God showed me actually that, um, I think we, the verse came up when you were giving one of your talks to the young adults um, meetings. It's like Hebrews 10, 24 to 25. Like, do not neglect you know, the fellowship of the saints as is the habit of some. And I was like, yo, I've seen this verse so many times, but that it actually meant something to me. I felt yeah. convicted. Mm-hmm. And so I remember towards like, towards this time, actually, last year, I was like, I need to get plugged into a church. And not just plugged in, like, I need to become a member. I need to, like, actually make a commitment to going to a church and being held accountable because I just felt so convicted that, wow, I have been a Christian all this time and I haven't been gathering with God's people. Like, we're a church, we're a body, you know, we make up one building. It's not like this isn't... Obviously, it's individual experience, but, like, we're saved into community. And so, yeah, literally, it's been, like, a year and, like, two months maybe since I since I joined. And, and I'm a member, so I'm no, I'm no longer dating the church as possible. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I guess that's my journey to coming to church and actually being, like, a member of a church. And you also, you serve on Friday nights at the youth ministry. Right? Yeah, yeah, I serve at, at X Squared. X Squared, yeah, I even love the shirt. I had to plug yeah, them. Was he plugging the <laughs> X Squared? Yeah. I had to, I had to. This is why I wore this. No. Youth ministry is awesome. Um, so. Yeah, so serving as a leader at the youth ministry, which has been a blessing, like being able to um, disciple the kids. But also, I just feel like so plugged in, like especially now, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays, obviously towards the end of the year, like things are, are slowing down. But my, I feel... I feel carried by like, the prayers of my brothers and sisters. I feel like excited to go and, and gather and finish. Like those are the highlights of my week. Like yeah. when when Wednesday comes, like oh, I can't wait till Friday. When Friday comes, I can't wait till Sunday. Um, so yeah, I feel actually I felt like yo, I was missing out on this for so long. Like you know, um, but yeah, serving at the youth is awesome, and even just doing like the check-ins on Sundays is really nice because I get to see like different faces that I wouldn't usually see. Or people I wouldn't necessarily speak to after the service. Because he comes on time when it's like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, if he's not serving, does he come late? Always. Me? Are you That's exposing the man That's on a podcast? That's well, not true. Him You're bearing bird. false witness. How could you? <laughs> sure? Yeah. Okay, okay. Good. Okay, no, but to be honest, like, my last maybe two, three weeks, I haven't been the best. And I live, like, a kilometre and a half away, which is the worst part. <laughs> well, it's people who live the closest you to s- you're always the But can I, tell you, can I tell you why? Because it's like, you think, like, I'm so close... Like it's gonna take me two minutes, yeah. and then you just leave it to like the very last minute. But I do pride myself on being on time most of the time. But yeah, I haven't I haven't been that great recently. So. <laughs> yeah. So now we've spoken about church. We've spoken yeah. about Jesus coming to your life. What do you do outside of church, and 
Well, yeah. not outside of Jesus, but outside of church. Yeah. Um, so I'm currently studying first year law. So coming towards the end of my first year of law. Um, also, like, really passionate in football. Last year. Also, I, really good at football. I remember yeah. running circles around yes. me at youth camp. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but she did make that one good save. That <laughs> I saved, <laughs> one, I saved save. one of your goals. You scored about seven goals against me, but I saved that, one. But of that them. was a good save. It made up for all of them. You raised all seven. But yeah, so really passionate about that. I had an opportunity last year to go to Spain on trial, but unfortunately, like a little virus came about. And just a little of, virus. Yeah, just a little one. And yeah, took out another. Sure. Yeah, so I had a trial there. Um, I still have my visa. I just never used it. It's crazy. Oh. So, yeah, that was a door I think God shut. But then I came to terms with it. Um, still just working hard because, I mean, it is my passion. It's what I'm passionate about. And so, I mean, I continue training. And I just trust if it's God's will that maybe one, one day something will come about. Um, and then I work on weekends as well just to, you know, like save up a bit of money. Where do you um, At a restaurant in Branson. I won't say the name because then everyone's going to no, come. No, no, no. We need to know now. <laughs> no, I'll tell you. Come on. We're going to come give you tips, bro. No. Tiger's milk. Yo, that was, a, that was actually a, a good guess. It's literally the... Next to it. The literally right Jackson's. next to it. Yeah, Jackson's. Jackson's. Oh, no yeah, one's yeah. coming to Jackson's, bro. They yeah. don't even sell Coca-Cola. Hey, that's rude, bro. Now, we're going to go see our mate. <laughs> I'm not saying anything because I work there and I'm, I'm not going to slander. <laughs> yeah, no, we're going to slander. <laughs> you exposing this only Look at slander this guy. in a restaurant. <laughs> Jackson's. Look at this guy. No, Jackson's. I don't affiliate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's nah, cool, man. But yeah, so quite busy. Um, yeah. It is quite busy. But I think like one thing for me is I always try my best to be an ambassador outside um, of just the church because I think it was actually um, one of the young adults we were talking about like being ambassadors mm. and how we come to church but it's not just for us we're supposed to be fed and then go out and then you know um, feed into other people's lives outside the church I think for me the most difficult place I've found to be a Christian is definitely in my football because anyone who knows me like I'm a really passionate guy um, like very on the, like on the pitch like want to win like very competitive and I feel like there's nothing wrong with that like I don't yeah. think God is against passion per se, but then it's also about like controlling that and and you know also just trying my best to play for His glory, not just to just to win or just to be the best on the pitch or just for those things. But um, for the most part, I feel like even in my university, outside, I mean, all my secular friends know I'm a Christian. They know that Suzendo is. Um, it hasn't always been easy though because I have, especially before I was in church felt like the only Christian in the world or when I am in those secular spaces like I, I used to get for example at my, my old school my, my high school like persecution was quite serious there um, I remember one time in the boarding house I, was, I was, ended up preaching the gospel it just came out uh, like it wasn't even something planned you know the gospel conversation just came about and I was talking to someone I was the most hostile experience I've had to date yeah. but I feel like it's taken away like the fear of evangelizing because I was like surely nothing can be worse than that experience sure. So the guy was just like going off saying like, I, I hate you because you're a Christian. And I was like, and in seconds, like the whole boarding house was in this one room. Yeah. So it was a real, a real blessing because like to this day, I get messages from people like, um, hey, Zinzo, I don't know if you remember me, but we were at school together and from, I was in grade, whatever. The one time I heard you speaking about Jesus in the room at boarding and I've been going to church recently. Would you give me some scriptures? Like, so stuff like that does happen. So I've really seen like fruit in those places where I just felt like so persecuted, so like like the outcast, like the guy who just sits away from everyone because he's like the Christian, that's he's a bigot, he's like all these things. But I have seen like real fruit come out of that. So it, it's made it all worth it. So I'd say like I try and be 
as Christian in church as I would out there because um, I want to be that light. But I'd be lying if I if I said like, oh, I'm the best ambassador for Christ. Like I always tell people like, look to Jesus if you want to know about Jesus. Don't look to his disciples because if you think that's where you'll find who Jesus is, you'll be disappointed a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, but we still have that responsibility, I guess, to to represent him well. So yeah. So tell me then, like in say the soccer, this your soccer team. Yeah. What's it like being, say, one of the only Christians, or maybe the yeah, only yeah. Christian, in that space? You're all playing to win. Uh, you'll do anything for mm. the win. Then there's the drinks afterwards. Yeah, there's the yeah, fines, yeah. evenings, those kinds of things. Yeah. Maybe like I, I mean I, again, I'm, my sporting career was, was nowhere near a career. It was just <laughs> a, a stupid childhood varsity yeah. in school. But I even remember like you know the boys' club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speak about women. I look back at that stuff. I'm like, man, I can't believe I used to say and think those things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, Christ has changed my heart um, since then. Thank but God. for you being in that space still today as yeah. a young man, what's it like? Yeah, um, it is it is tough because I think I feel like, um, and I always, always say to I was like Lungi and I have this conversation often because we both play football, and I always say to him like one thing I've realized is, um, the verse that's really come true in my life in this regard is like that bad company corrupts good morals, you know, sure. and that you would never, um, when you're in a group of people, although we're meant to be lights, like the group is never going to become more Christian for you. You, you know, inevitably mm-hmm. you're gonna end up being more secular for them. Wow. So, so for me it was like, I, these are my teammates. Like, you know, we work hard on the pitch, but it's not like they're plugged into my life. Like, I have people plugged into my life, and that's the church. You know, I'm after the games, like the drinks out. Like, that's just not my thing. That's not me. So, I, people do fi- find me a bit of like a recluse. Like, why does this guy always, like, you know, exclude himself from those things? Mm-hmm. But I just know it's because it's like. I, I, I like social environments for the most part. I mean, sometimes I just, my battery's rained out completely. But, but like, it, I know there's a temptation to be, be in those groups. And there have been times where I've been with people and I've been like, you know, there's a their joke that they're cracking. It might not even be the most sinful thing, but it's just like, mm. I make a comment. I'm like, oh, actually, I would never say that, like, yeah. around, around my Christian friends. Or that would never come out of my mouth, generally. Mm. So it's just about being... Um, I guess intentional about how much time I'm actually spending with these guys yeah. and also if something is just so against what I believe and so um, like antithetical to my, my my belief in Christ like can I really just sit and not say anything so it is a bit uncomfortable sometimes having to be like I disagree bro like no I don't see a woman like that mm. or actually mm. no I'm, I'm proud not to be sleeping around even though it's like oh look at this guy he you know he can't he can't get a girl or whatever yeah. so it is difficult because obviously nobody wants to feel like the the loser or like the the outcast but i've just found like um the fear of man like like it says in proverbs like it's a snare yeah it's literally like a it's like a, a like it's a weight on your shoulder like always trying to say the right thing always trying to like that's sinful because I'll f- we should only fear God like that, you mm. know. Yeah. So for me, it was like oh, if I can put that same fear of man towards God, like how much more would I be passionate to stand up for what God's passionate about to to do His will? But I, I would, like I said, I can't say that it's the easiest thing. Yeah. Like I'm just there, I'm like super saint. When the guys are cracking the jokes, I'm just like, no, <laughs> I'm holy. I don't do that. <laughs> it isn't. It isn't easy. But I mean, like I have, I've have had to be. Um, intentional about that and unfortunately i have lost like many friends friends mm-hmm. i've had for like decades um well like 
decades. I say decades. I'm only two decades. decades. <laughs> like a decade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I felt like an old man in this chair. Um, <laughs> no, but yeah, so people that, friends I've had like for my whole life mm. and they just heard that I was a Christian and I was, that was enough for them to be sure. like, that's it. So it has been difficult in that sense, but um, even Jesus says like, you've, you know, people who've lost like brothers, sisters, mothers and friends mm. in this world will be paid in this life and the life to come. Sure. And I've, just in this church alone, I've those people have been replaced. Like I've, you know, I've been filled by others who actually feed into my life more than people I've known for ten, ten plus years have. So, mm. That's yeah, incredible. so encouraging. Thanks, bro. Yeah. Of course, I think leading off that, you were speaking into the world, and I think, yeah. do you think that like living in today's society, in the views that the world has mm. today, do you think it's harder to come into a life with Christ? Mm. I think that being a Christian out there in the mm. world is harder today than it ever has been i think yes and no the re the reason i say uh i'll start with a no first is because obviously like apostles were, were being stoned for preaching the gospel you know we've got so many martyrs that that died were burnt at the stake for the faith and um just the dangers even in other countries i think of people not even being allowed to name the name of christ because they fear death like i mean we're here speaking freely about him and that's really just because of god's grace but I do think in the sense that life was, in a sense, life was so much more like simple back then, you know? Now, I know for me, social media, like temptation is like multiplied by like a thousand. Um, I was speaking to, was it my dad? No, I don't think it was my dad. Some, some, somebody older, I think it was an older Christian man. I can't remember when, it was a conversation I had a couple of years ago. And he was mentioning how back in his day, like lust, for example, like men being exposed to like sexually explicit things, like it would be very hard to come by. You'd have to go digging like somewhere, like your uncle's, I don't know, garage or whatever to find something. And even then it was mild compared to what's being, you know, shown to people as young as 10 on like TikTok mm -hmm. and Instagram. So even for me, when I was young, like being exposed to those things at a very young age, like even now there's certain things I have to do, like, certain things I have to implement, like, okay, after this time, this is off, or uh, there's a block on this, just because not even the like, uh, irresistible desire to want to go online, but just the fact that you go on Instagram and the first thing is there is like, you know, like explicit images that just pop up. So I feel like in that sense, it is difficult mm -hmm. because with the digital world, with um, just what has become normalized, like so, certain things that are normalized now, like when my dad, for example, as a kid was just like, oh my gosh, if somebody's even seen outside looking like that it's just like what are you doing that like, and everyone just agreed yeah. like but i feel like we've progressed into the point where like certain sins are just so acceptable that yeah. it's now like i wonder like how would it be like one day if god willing i ever have children like how would i ever you know manage to to guard their eyes if the society really like this is so difficult so i i do think like in different ways it is more difficult especially because now you know it's like the cult the, there's this cancel culture mm. so you say people are too scared to speak up yeah. um because they feel like losing their job or being ostracized and i mean i feel like some sometimes even in a sense that that's worse than just knowing like i'll just die on the spot if i speak about this yeah. because with like being ostracized being like excluded from community it's like you're constantly living with this idea that you're not one of us you, you don't belong you're not human you're not loved whereas if you die on the spot it's like a moment like that and you're gone you know and most christians are like uh, or believers would be like if i die for the lord like i'm honoring him obviously we don't want to but i mean yeah. it's like 
So I feel like it is difficult because even with Christians, um, I feel like even sometimes maybe as a community of Christians or the church, we're scared to talk about things because we might disagree on different issues and not want to like mm. cause a rift. So there's a bit of like, uh, I want to say something, but I, you know, and mm. I don't want to make this person uncomfortable. Or if I do, is it just like, if I disagree with what's being taught here, do I just leave the church immediately? Like there's, you know what I mean? There's a lot of like, mm. m there's a more confusion. And I feel like nuances that are here today that weren't there like 2000 years ago. Yeah, you're right. I feel like we've lost the ability to disagree and still be friends 100%. or disagree and respect one another's opinion. Mm, yeah. So you're just like, oh, well, stuff you then yeah. you're out. Yeah. yeah, I think that's become mm. the problem with community out there. Is, yeah, even like within our church. Mm. Yeah. Not, not our church, but within just the, the church. church. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, all, we all believe the same stuff, maybe nuanced differently, yeah, yeah. and we're scared to like challenge each other. Exactly. Yeah. 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 We have been going for, believe it or not, over half an hour. Yeah. Uh, no. We are going to, uh, you know what I'm going to have to do? We're gonna have to do a part two. I think so. Because I'd be down. this is our first cast first couch session. And just the two of you, me and you talking, Seb, yeah. half an hour is sometimes we feel we could go to 50 from yeah. yeah. with a third person in here we could easily do 50 and yeah. I feel like your life's so cool people actually want to hear more about <laughs> it yeah. so how about this how about we set up a part 2 Yeah. Um, and we'll release it in the new year awesome um, would you be open to that yeah of course I'd, I'd be honored to come on again so I'd love to yeah, pick your brain a bit more hear a little bit of your story I'd love to like actually go into that moment in the boarding house yeah. when everyone came around you yeah. and I, 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 cool. yeah, maybe we can open up that story next yeah, time I'd love to hear more about it and the fact that the God has used that in years to come yeah 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 yo that is yeah. your life is amazing your life is, <laughs> the last mm. four or five years of your life have just like they have been quite have a been bit crazy and I think yeah. to just dig in mm. deeper would be super cool yeah, yeah awesome I'd, I'd be honored to do that yeah. black and dude well that's it from us awesome. for this episode um, yeah. what are we on episode 6 Episode, this will be episode seven. It is episode oh, seven. Yeah. And um, we're going to take a little bit of a break, but New Year, we'll, we'll be, be replacing year, yeah. with uh, opening with part two. Awesome. Zenzo Ngorsi. Yeah. Yeah, but guys, thank you so much for joining us. Any closing words before we wrap out? Yeah, just thanks once again for having me. Um, I really enjoy just, I think anytime we get to sit down and just talk about Christ and his church, it's always a good time. And, um, I think every time I wanna leave a, like people with a verse, I always leave it with, especially for my, my unbelieving friends who might be watching, is um, a verse that Jesus says. I can't remember in which um, verse of the Gospels of Matthew he says it in, but he says, um, or the Gospel of Matthew rather, but he says that you know what shall a profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his own soul, and and what can a man give in exchange for his soul? So yeah, I'll just leave everyone with that. So good. It's incredible. Yeah, and I think I just want to wish everyone listening a very happy festive season. And yeah, just I pray that the festive season is good to you guys and that Jesus draws near mm. through through this time. Mm. Yeah, and have a great time. Yeah. Yeah. Be safe. Thanks guys. Cheers. Cheers guys.